to the VoiceOver Roundtable. I'm Mike Tobin. And I'm Emma O'Neill. Every week, we get together to talk about all things VoiceOver with a special focus on community. Bringing you in-depth interviews, roundtable discussions, special performance events, and industry-leading guests. Let's get started. This is the VoiceOver Roundtable. One of the (laughs) two or three times a year that I actually have my trailer and promo voice. (laughs) (laughs) How apropos for tonight. Acquired in Florida, nonetheless. Uh, You know what? At least it's not the Rona. (laughs) Seriously. Anyways, you think that spending a few days in the beautiful warmth of Orlando for a conference would be great for one's health. But... You know what, I'm, I'm on the mend, so here we are, and Emma ha- doesn't have to do the show alone. Yay! He sends me these messages every once in a while saying, so you're good by yourself, and I'm always like, I'm sorry, pardon? No, no, we don't do that. No, no, unless someone's dying or dead. That is yeah. not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a world. <laughs> I'm telling you, record a demo tonight and keep oh, that man. for those yeah. moments. I can, I can only do this when I'm sick. It's crazy. But <laughs> oh, man. So, we almost had technical difficulty, but I feel like almost. we're going to be okay. I feel like we're going to be okay. So <clears> I'm going to, I think I'm going to launch straight in. We are Mercury Wranglers, I tell you. I'm telling you, it's coming out of retrograde soon. So there it is. we're going to be good. Bring it. But tonight, t- tonight, <laughs> as senior producer for network television, he's been in charge of promo campaigns for a multitude of shows. One of his jobs is to direct and discover voiceover talent. That's his point of view with private lessons and workshops is the perspective of the on-air producer. He has been working in the trailer and promo world for the past 25 years. In his early days, he had the pleasure to direct such legends as the Don LaFontaine and Don Pardo. And now he has the privilege of working with some of today's voiceover legends such as Reno Romano, Mike McCall, and Zach Fine. So we would like to welcome to the round table producer director coach and all-round awesome guy mr harry dunn well thank you it's nice to be here all thanks for being with us harry yay that's the rub man well i'm not wearing a headset so am i coming across clearly yeah you sound perfect you're fine god i don't want to wear a headset that's just you just made my evening now i'm ready (laughs) there we go to talk turkey because i don't have to wear a damn headset <laughs> i don't know how you voiceover artists don't cauliflower ears after 20 minutes in those things so right <laughs> it's like the mma of the creative and artistic world eh? exactly so anyways my ears, ears thank off. you my, my no you sound great it's all good we're good you sound great all right Fantastic. All right, kids, what do you want to talk about tonight? well first i want to check in like you were just up here in my city in toronto have you been Can I just say that Toronto, aside from the incessant horn honking, is a true <laughs> national treasure. That town, and uh, and uh, Emma and the uh, and the great Ilana and I spent uh, quite a bit of time together, running around the city to the Hockey Hall of Fame and whatnot, and various restaurants, and even saw caught Hamilton we did. at the. Uh, Prince Wales Theater. So I made the most of my time in Toronto. <laughs> you did the sure grand did. tour. You <laughs> did, did the grand tour. <laughs> I even got, I even got uh, Alana, the Uber driver, to take me to the airport on that Sunday. So it really worked out well for me. Nice. So, so but uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised and uh, very encouraged by what I hear coming out of Toronto in terms of talent. 
Mm. Uh, or maybe that was just the two people from Vancouver that flew into town. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So, you but, had uh, some awesome people. Awesome folks. It was a great You program. know what? It was, it, what's, what made that seminar so successful is that there was no weak links. There was nobody where we had, you had to like inundate them with notes and they still weren't getting everybody like one note boom next person it was great it was really positive and uh the, those in the uh that attended should be very proud of themselves they did very well even you emma didn't do too too shabby i was okay i was okay. i hear i hear she's pretty good <laughs> she had her moments she had, she her, had her moments, moments. Hey, every once in a while you know it's something the, the penny drops and i'm like oh that. Got it. Yeah, for for those of you who are grasping to, grasping to understand what's going on now, uh, Harry was up recently uh, a couple of weeks ago to to put on a uh, private group seminar that uh, Emma and crew had uh, organized, and uh, did the grand tour of the Toronto while he was up here, and uh, things went very well. So, uh, Harry, thanks so much for being with us. It's uh, it's really cool to have you, and um, we got questions, uh, like for sure, and our audience are probably going to have some questions too. Um, as your bio alluded to, uh, you have a great career, uh, and you've worked with some truly amazing voice talents along the way, which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but for now, would love for you to tell us how you got your start in this crazy industry. All right. So after I graduated from USC, which is this college out in Los Angeles, uh, one of my first jobs was working for Canon Films. Now, you young people have no idea what I'm talking about. Canon, there used to be an era where, where there'd be filmmakers who loved to make B-movies, okay? Roger Corman, actually it was my very first job working for Roger Corman, but my second job was working for Canon Films, and these guys made all the Chuck Norris missing in action movies, and they made the American Ninja movies and Revenge of the Ninja movies and the oh Breaking movies and the Break Into Electric Boogaloo movies. Oh, I all love it. That was like, why we call those B movies. Those were my A movies of my teenage years. <laughs> Seriously. Well, based on budget, probably. So uh, <laughs> I, w I came on as like, I don't know, a gopher or whatever that entry level thing is. And then, but I knew how to edit. And I said, and then they were, somebody quit. And I said, listen, I know how to cut this promo. Can I just try it? And so they, I just did it. It's like I was 22 and I did it and they liked it. And I just stayed on and I just, Built my career from there. That's where it was my first job cutting. Uh, God, I don't even remember. Up your anchor. That was the first thing I ever cut. It was this Israeli movie uh, that was dubbed in English and picked up in the United States called Up Your Anchor. It was a comedy. It was just some sort of a tits and ass American pie kind of comedy. It was awful. It was completely unwatchable. But I managed to to build a trailer out of it, and the, and the rest was history. So there I was, a twenty four year old guy, twenty three years old. And I had to direct Don LaFontaine in a, in a number of sessions. And <laughs> the one go? rule with Don is you couldn't ask him for an insurance take. It just was, it's, it was just like this weak sign of weakness if you did that. And, of course, he did a one, perfect one take. And I knew I couldn't go back to the, to the senior vice president and say I only got one take from him. So I kind of sheepishly asked for an insurance take. And uh -huh. uh, he was nice enough to f take pity on me and give it to me. So I didn't get fired for going back <laughs> with one take. So, but uh, you know, back in that day uh, he got triple scale and everybody else got scale. So I think scale back there was 500 plus 10 plus 10, meaning they pay for your agent's commission. And Don got 15 plus 10 and, uh, and back then you had to sign SAG contracts. It wasn't just all done on the internet. There was no such thing as the internet. You know, I was yeah. born, you know, when Lincoln was president. So you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's an American reference. Uh, 
when the original Trudeau was prime minister. No, I'm kidding. So, um, so then, um, so there'd be these sad contracts lying around and we were doing a session with a guy named Mark Elliott, who's also a legend in the voice of the world. And Don came in early to a session and Mark was just finishing up and there was a sad contract on the table. And Don looks at Mark's sad contract and turns to him and goes, is that all they're paying you? (laughs) So, uh, Fortunately, uh, Mark Elliott had a good sense of humor about it and just laughed it off. But I, I thought that was kind of a <laughs> funny way to learn about Don LaFontaine anyway. But uh, I know those stories get boring about the golden days of yesteryear. They so. don't. That's why we ask no, them. Yes. <laughs> they might get boring to you because you tell them often. But you're talking to a bunch of people who have there's a few people in this room who have never heard you speak before. And they're really excited to, to learn about. It. So waffle. Do it. Do yeah. your thing, I, I just Harry. remember there was a voiceover artist who is no longer of this earth, so I will go ahead and say his name. His name was Gene McGar, and he had this beautiful Irish voice. Like, you'd want to book him on children's stories or anything that's warm and sentimental. You know, he was kind of Hal Douglas before Hal Douglas, but you had to get him exactly at 11 o'clock in the morning because... <laughs> Anything before 11, he was so hungover from the night before, his voice was scratchy. And anything after lunch, he was drunk. So there you go. if you didn't there get him at 11 o'clock, you're in trouble. Because this was before ISDN, and ISDN was before Source Connect. And you had to actually drive around town and go to studios. So there's a lot of stories about the, the old guys. But, uh, you know, now the industry has changed. There's a lot more voiceover artists competing for jobs. Uh, it's all done on Source Connect. There was a time where at the CW, we, we would have you come in if you wanted to. Like, Rena Romano loved to come in. Yeah. Because he was the voice of, uh, God, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and he was the voice of, uh, God, about 20 shows. He loved to come in. And uh, now you can't do that anymore. Ever, ever since COVID hit, no more. No one's allowed in at all. Everything has to be done over Source Connect. But uh, it was always fun to have the guys come in. It was, it was, uh, it was a kick in the pants. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different times, but you know, but I mean, with that, I love when Mike basically writes up a bunch of questions, and it's awesome. And from the word go, we're, we're we seem to be following what the questions are, which is cool. Um, like you've had multiple decades in this business, and you've seen a lot of changes. So, what do you think some of the biggest challenges facing voice actors are? Like, what can they do to take on the business in twenty twenty three? Oh, the biggest change in promo. I'm not going to talk about, tra- well, actually it's true yeah. in trailers, but promo is trying to follow trailers and uh, they're trying to get rid of voiceover altogether. Just have maybe titles and tags, but that's just like on the heavy dramas. When you have like these bouncy little reality shows, there's still a ton of copy and uh, uh, you know, so the comedies on CBS still has a lot of copy and um, you know, if nothing else, I tell you, if you want to learn how to, be really good at your craft. Learn how to do a title and a tag when that's all you have for your audition. When when it's like Arrow, all new this Thursday at 9, 8 central on the CW. That's all the copy you got. Wow. Okay. How do you work with that? Okay. Well, you just, you know, if you don't know the show, just figure out what the show is. You know, it, you go on Wikipedia. Maybe, you know, there, here's a great website. I'm going to type it in here, I guess, so that everybody can uh, in the chat. I, I type perfect. slowly, so just televisionpromos.com. All right. All right. Give me a thumbs up. Everybody sees that link, or does somebody give me a thumbs up? Okay. Um, we are that, holding our thumbs up. I can Okay. Taste. That will tell you. That is a great place just to look around and see what's going on in, in the community. Nice. Okay. It's just, if you want to know, what, if, so the answer to your question is what's going on in, in, the, in the promo world, go there. 
Surf yeah. around. God, I haven't been there in a while. I'm going to go on this computer. Let me take a nice. seat here. All right. Uh, <laughs> and but, but learning how to, but seriously, getting back to learning how to do a title and a tag audition is so not easy, but you just cannot be, be um, bland or generic in anything you do. If you want to win in the, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Oh, that's perfect. I love this website. Yeah. All right. Everybody go to that. I mean, there's just millions and millions of promos scrolling down. Y'all see it? Good. Go there after this se seminar. Okay. Uh, so, so um, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. That's so typical. It's okay. Um, we got you. What are the trends? But, but in terms of, oh, yeah. In terms of, we're talking about titles and tags. Yes. You've got to figure out the attitude, okay? Because there is a propensity among many voiceover talent to default to what I call the bland generic read. And what the bland generic read is, it's just a very safe read. We don't take any chances. And it comes across bland and generic. And we listen to it on our end. And you get what's called eh nexted. And what eh nexted means, I'll spell that out for you so you know what it looks like. Okay. There. Okay. That means, well, not next. I typoed that. Uh, it means that eight words in your audition, it's so bad that the people listening go, eh, next. And then that's it. You're done. If you get eh, next, it's probably because you defaulted to a bland, generic read. You did not create an attitude with your read. So if you're doing, let's say, a superhero show, and all you have is a title and a tag, and you just go like, uh, I don't know, Arrow, all new this Wednesday at 9, 8 Central on the CW, you're going to get and next it. But if you realize that it's this, this macho, badass show for the men and for the women, as, as Emma's been taught to doing a sultry read, it's, but it's more like Arrow, all new this Wednesday at 9, 8 Central. If you do something like that, you have a fighting chance. But the first thing I did, that generic thing I did, you have no chance. Now, Emma, since I suck at sultry, can you just kind of give me, give them an idea of when we've worked on this so much, just pick a show and an all new this Thursday at 9, 8 central. Just, can we hear just a title and tag in sultry? Do you mind? Like Errol? Any show you want. Errol, this Thursday. Errol, this Thursday, 8, 9, so. I can't say, say it because I'm not reading anything. I need to. No, I want your stuff like Errol. Only this Thursday at 9 8 Central on the CW. One like second. Errol, all new this Thursday. We're typing it. I swear to God, I can't. If it's not written down. Put it in the chat, type it out. Okay, here you go. Stand by. Standing by. Standing by. Be patient, everybody. Dave's typing it as well, but we need all of it. We need the, like, eight, yes. nine, seven. Just read that in a sultry voice, okay? Doing it. Arrow, all new this Thursday at 9, 8 central on the CW. See, now she's created an attitude. That's a sultry attitude, okay? Now, read it bland and generic, so we have something to compare it to. Arrow, all new this Thursday at 9, 8 central on the CW. What's going to book? Okay. Ask yourself that. It may just be a few words. We're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten words there. Okay. But there is a world of difference between a read with attitude and a read that's just bland and generic. Okay. So don't sit there and look at an audition like that going, well, it's just a tile and a tag. Let's just hear. Here we go. Read, read, read. Okay. Send to my agent. You know, stop and think about what is the proper attitude that's going to get you booked for this gig. Okay. All right, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. 
I'm getting off no, my pedal. It, no, no, no. That no. is awesome. That is. It's really good. What, go, uh, go ahead, Emma. No, just because it is like generally when people look at tags, it's like oh, just say the words, and or they'll do the, like the, an ABC of three different inflections. It's like. They'll all just do. All new this Thursday. All new this Thursday at 9, 8 Central. All new this Thursday. All new this Thursday. All new this Thursday, but in, instead of actually having something to say. So it's well, really <clears> important <throat> to point that out, that it's, it, they're not just words. It's a story, even if it's just a sentence. Right. Or if so they have their recently I... acquired promo voice, they can go, arrow. <laughs> you know. Um, the, the reason I bring up sultry, this is something that I worked on a lot at the Toronto Summer to the point where... Emma's probably rolling her eyes right now hearing this again, is <laughs> when a man who has got that deep macho voice has got a deep macho audition, like like a superhero show, like Arrow, like the one I just made up, a woman cannot compete in a macho voice. It's just not going to work. So you have to do something different that they're not expecting. Okay, so what you, the woman, has to do is a sultry read because men cannot do sultry. So while a man is doing arrow all new this Wednesday, you, the woman, is doing arrow all new this Wednesday. Okay, that's mm -hmm. a terrible sultry, but you get the idea. <laughs> all right, don't ever try to compete with a man in a macho read. Go sultry. That is your quip. What do you call it? Your arrow and your quiver. Is that right? That that, that, yeah. the, yeah. that the arrow. Very, the very fitting. Oh. Arrow in the quiver. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. You want you want arrows in your quiver. And for you lady folk out there, the sultry read is money. So just think about that. All right. Mm. Yeah. All right. Harry, I want to I want to take a step kind of back because now we're really into nuts and bolts here, which is cool. And I want to go back into this zone. But if we take a little step back, one of the topics that's come up a few times here on the show is how promo can be a pretty exclusive and elite genre to break into. So for voice actors who are training and working towards it, um, what do you think the, the best avenue to get into the fold is? Like, is, is it okay to contact promo producers and production houses directly? Or is it something that's best left to the, the relationships established through agents and agencies? Agents and agencies, absolutely. It's, it, I, I just have never known anyone who's done those cold emails to get, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in the affiliate world or something like that. But in the network world, it is a very straightforward process. There is a show... We have an approved campaign where the the a guy like me is the scratch VO until it's time to hire the person, okay? And then, all right, let's voice this person, okay? What's the spec? Okay, we want a macho read if it's a guy, sultry read if it's a woman. All right, there's a spec. I just made one up. They're going to send it to Atlas, DPN, KMR Talent in New York, uh, uh, Sutton, Barth, and Venari, and probably ACM. And that's... You know, maybe, maybe the, what's the other one in New York? Uh, um, uh, Stewart. Okay. Sure. You know, um, you know, that's it. They don't need to go to DDO or impressive or, you know, whatever the other ones are, because you They just know that at an Atlas, a DPN, et cetera, that's the cream of the crop to begin with, you know? And so why go to like these boutique agencies when you know, you're going to get what you want from these big agencies. So the real trick is to get one of these big agents, you know? I mean, that's just flat out the truth. You know, if you can get DPN, you can get Atlas, boy, you're going to get a ton of auditions, you know. Um, but you also have to understand that it's one thing to get this agent 
based on your demo, the next thing you have to do is be able to duplicate the talent that's on your demo in a real world audition setting. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes in a demo, your demo producer can make you sound great, give you line reads, whatever. And then all of a sudden you, an agency will love it. We'll say Atlas hypothetically. And all of a sudden they start giving you auditions, but you can't duplicate that because your promo producer, your demo producer isn't there to give you line reads. Uh, before that's one of the biggest uh, issues with demos is that falls in the category of not being ready. And we'll get to demos later, I'm sure. But just make sure if you get an opportunity to go to an Atlas or a DPN that you can follow it up with good auditions. Okay. Does that make sense to everybody? You just don't mm -hmm. want to be, you know, these, this is a once in a lifetime shot, you know, to get these big agencies. They're not, and if they drop you, you know, they're never going to pick you up again. You know, I can you actually go to another one. Because but, with, like just with, with continuing with that is with DPN, when I was picked up by DPN, they actually sent me a bunch of auditions that were not real auditions, but they wanted to see if I could do promo, commercial, TV narration, what my booth sounded like, how I followed direction that was very, very sparse on the script before. Like that was, step one was, we like your demos, we like your voice. Step two was, can you reproduce the demo? Yep. Right, in your and studio. it's so smart of an agent. I mean, I, 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 you know, that's one thing Heather would ask me over at Atlas. It's like, is, is this person good because you made them good or are they, are they really good? And I go, of course they're really good. And then, okay, and then, one guy was telling me he was sent 27 pieces of copy <laughs> and Heather just sent him 27 pieces of copy. He says, okay, you do this, get it back to me when you can, uh, no help from Harry. And so, and then, you know, he did not get in on Atlas. He could not handle the 27. So just make sure you understand promo. Um, I think the best way to break into promo is to break into commercial, to be honest with you. Now there's a huge this is how I look at commercial. All right. Can we segue into commercial now for a minute? Uh, sure. Mike? Okay. Yep. All right. So I want you to think about American baseball. Okay. So, and I want you, and you're, I want you to think about you're in high school baseball. Okay. Which is like beginning voiceover high school baseball. All right. In the world, you can either go to single A, double A, triple A, or major league baseball. In commercial, you have all four of those, with single A being something like voicing your local appliance store, okay? All the way up to Major League Baseball, which is the equivalent of like a National Verizon campaign, okay? All right? Single, double A, triple A, Major League Baseball. In promo, it's from high school straight to Major League Baseball. There is no single A, double A, triple A, okay? So it's very hard to go from I'm just starting out to I'm a star in promo. One guy I know has done it, and his name is Gabe Kunda over at Atlas. That's about it, okay? So it's really important to learn the craft of voiceover. Now, obviously, commercial and promo are completely different in their rules. I mean, if you think about any commercial, it's a soft piece of music and you, okay? So you can talk like this. It's going to cut through just fine. It's just a little piece of music. But when you're doing a promo where the music is going to be more rock and roll driven maybe or, or, or with risers and sound design and dialogue you have to uh, fit in and out of, you're going to have to have more of an intense read to cut through, okay? I have an expression, your voice needs to cut like a Ginsu, which ages me because 30 years ago there used to be a product <laughs> called a Ginsu knife that they would sell on TV uh, with an 800 number and it would just you would it doesn't matter what you chopped the Ginsu went through it okay your voice has to cut like that in promo okay so it is 
I think it's just really smart to get your sea legs in commercial and then move to promo instead of the other way around. Uh, I, th I think to, um, you know, to get up to that level you were talking about, and we've talked about it a few times here, uh, you know, Emma's well aware, some of these agencies, and I did see it in the chat, some of the agencies that are that creme de la creme A-list uh, top, top of the top have maybe three genres that you need to be playing in already before they take you on. And you, you, you know, so maybe it's commercial, maybe it's a narration and maybe it's, you know, a little bit of promo or whatever, but before you get in, correct? Yeah. Well, the third one is usually animation or video games. That seems to be pretty current. I don't know about narration. I don't know how much like an Atlas or DPM books narration. I mean, you guys would know better than I, I just, I just think that if you can do three demos, you definitely need a commercial demo. You definitely need a promo demo minimum. And if and there should be a third one, an animation. If you got the chops for animation, not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or video games, although sitting around screaming into a microphone might not be the best thing for your career. Agamemnon, get the <laughs> no, it's all that nonsense. You know, uh, I guess narration's okay. What else is there? I don't think you narration's still considered one of the one of the. the big I don't think ones. like automotive, political maybe automotive. No, not really. Um, no. Uh, I guess. I don't know. At a minimum commercial and promo, and if you can think of a third one. But, you know, these yeah. demos are $2,500, $3,000, $4,000 if you go to Maurice. You know, you could go, you know, that's a lot of money you're spending just to get, you know, demos done. But, just, you know, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about demos later. Are we going to talk about demos later, Mike? Why? If you want to talk about demos, we're going to talk about demos because somebody's going to ask you about demos, that's for All sure. Right. I, I like what you you were saying about the uh, no help from Harry. I like <laughs> I like that. Well, no, but it's true because I mean, you yeah. can. You could call your coach and be like, "Oh my god, I just got all this stuff to help me get in," and then and you, you know, you're led by your coach, and then you're still not presenting what's authentic and real to what you're able to do by yourself. Yeah. Right. I think I think it's one of the one of the nice things that sets apart men of many of the the higher level demo producers is they will want you to be kind of vetted by a coach before. So they usually have a few people that they like to work with and they're going to check out to see if you're ready. And, you know, the, the really good ones will tell you if you're not ready. And I think that's a great thing. And some people get peed off by that and, you know, start sending nasty emails to demo producers. But people, they are doing you a favor. If a demo producer tells you you're not ready, you're not ready. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's money out of their own pocket. It, it, no, nobody wants to say that. But, you know, I, I, honestly, I don't get that very often because promo is such a high-end business that i just don't I, I mean i think i've done in my and i've been doing demos for close to a decade i think maybe i've done three in my life that i regretted you know just because i should have paid more attention to uh to the person you know like more often than not i use students i just do demos for students because i am really aware of their brand and oh boy Emma, we're gonna start talking about brand pretty soon and then all hell's gonna break <laughs> um but if you hire an outside person who doesn't know you from a hole in the wall to do your promo demo and they don't know your brand and you don't know your brand, then you're going to get some generic shitty demo that it's never going to do any good for you. You, you know, you need to know what your brand is, you know, you know, you know, who are you? Are you, are you the country comfort guy? Are you the big boomy bassy guy? Are you the soccer mom woman? Are you, are you the uh, raspy voice? Uh, um, what's the word? Irreverent person. You know, there's just, 
I'm just making stuff off the top of my head, but you have to know what your brand is. If you're going to go with a demo producer who doesn't know you. So the advantage to going with a coach is that, you know, like I did Emma's promo demo. I knew her brand inside and out and her, and her demo was reflecting of that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that's just a piece of advice, whether it's me or Mary Lynn Wisner or Nancy Wolfson or whoever that you're with and you're coaching, just make sure that your coach is involved in some capacity. If they can't physically build the audio tracks and you want to go to a, another person, just make sure, just pay extra and have your coach direct you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody understand that? All right. Absolutely. I want to ask a question that's actually got to do with promo just from the, the audience. Does kid pro mem does kid programming promo versus other channels change the promo approach? All right. Jen Greenfield's question. Let me read. Does yeah. kids programming promo versus other channel ch change the promo approach? I don't understand. So like that. Nick Jr. versus kids Disney kids Plus shows. versus. Oh, okay. Nick versus. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about network to network. I would worry about show to show. Like if you're doing like a. A cartoon for like a six-year-old versus, you know, maybe a thirteen-year-old kind of scripted comedy on Nick. You would you, even if you switch networks, you'd still do a the four-year-old, the six-year-old's cartoon one way, and the thirteen-year-old's uh, scripted comedy another way. You know, you know what I mean? It's really I would not say it's network to network. I'd say it's genre to genre within the kids world okay and like and like audience target age yes basically. yeah that's a big one because if you go to a bunch of 13 year olds and you read the promo like this they're gonna <laughs> want to punch you in the face okay <laughs> you know you know it's just it, it, let's not worry about networks let's worry about this specific promo all right you okay know, what the words are on the page why because all the answers lie on the page that is something i say all of the time I know, and brand, I know, I got a lot, I repeat myself a lot, but this is stuff that's worth repeating, you know, all the answers do lie on the page, it's a fact, mm -hmm. so, anyway, all right, uh, what else should we talk about? We can talk about when you started coaching and why you started to do that. Well, I had Heather Virgo, now Heather Dame, uh, uh, at Atlas, had reached out to me when I was just a promo producer. She wanted to get to know the CW people. They had never been able to break into the CW. They just had never. They just Atlas, for some reason, they couldn't book anybody over there. It was all, at the time, Paradigm, now called KMR, and DPM was just getting everybody. Okay, uh, SBV was getting people, too, because Reno was a SBV, is, an, is an SBV client. And so she took me out to lunch just to pick my brain, and then I was talking to her about how much I was hating the auditions that I was hearing because I just didn't understand this technique and what we need and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you should coach this. And I said, really? And then I thought about it and I realized that there is something to be said for coaching from the point of view of the other end of the audition, where I have heard all the bad auditions and the good ones and why the good ones get cast, why the bad ones get nexted. And so that just became the curriculum for what I was doing. And then once Heather found out I was doing this, she started sending Atlas people to me and the business just took off. So uh, I owe a lot to, to her and I owe a lot to Mary Lynn Wisner. She sent her commercial clients my way too. And uh, she put me on her uh, Meet the Pros thing. I think I'm doing a Meet the Pros on July 10th. Does anybody do the Meet the Pros at all? Let me see. I just, Mary Lynn, 
you know, the weird thing about Marilyn Wisner is I knew her and I had no idea she was even a voiceover coach because her kids and my kids went to the same school. And I had zero idea she was a was a uh, commercial coach. And then she, she told me, all right, she, her shit fells, sells out in two seconds. Monday, July 10th, I'm doing a, a, a Mary Lynn workshop. If you know, uh, it's voicesvoicecasting.com, something like that. So if you want to do it, I would suggest you uh, look that up sometime in the next few days. Uh, okay. Carlin, is the likelihood of booking a promo pretty much the same as commercial once you're at a strong agency? Um, here's the thing about being at a strong agency. You just got to make sure they know your brand. Because what, 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 you, what you want to have happen at an agency is, let, let's say, a, a network um, calls, we'll just, we'll just take Emma. So they call Kama, that's her agent. And they call Kama and say, hey, we want no more than 10 people. Okay. Now, there's two things an agent like Kama can do. I'm not, this is not Kama specifically. Again, I'm just being hypothetical here. They can pick their top 10 earners and give the auditions to them, or they can pick 30 people who uh, Kama thinks might work for this. And, and what's great about that, and then Kama herself will pick which 10 go onto the network. What's great about that is the 30th place person has the same odds as the first place person uh, in terms of getting picked by your agent to go to the network. So that's, that's a good thing about the, that's kind of an agent you want is, is one who will, you don't want anyone just to always be the same top 10 earners every time. Cause then you really don't have a shot. But when they start going into the, uh, into the ranks to see uh, who can compete with the top earners, then you're off to the races. There's another question in the chat from Geo. Is ad lib or humanization important or stick to the script when doing promo? I've said it. Stick to the script when doing promo. Mm -hmm. Boy, I tell you, people do the laugh speak. Holy hell. That is an immediate eh, next. You know what? The laugh speak when you say a sentence like this, that is an automatic, uh, that is an automatic eh, next. Because what you're doing is you're taking attention away from the dialogue and everything else that's going on in the promo and you're making about you. And that's a, that's a terrible mistake to make. So please do not do that. Oh, we've heard that before. It's not about you. Um, I want to double, double back to, yeah, it's really good to, to kind of the, the, the numbers crunching that you were doing, because it's always good to get this perspective per, for people when we're, when we're at this high level for, for promo stuff, how many are getting through to like the last round, for example, or how many come at different stages? Well, that's a what's, good question. What's, so what's the process? The process is on a huge audition. Let's say you're launching, you know, a, like on a, when, I remember when Batwoman came through about four years ago. I was at the CW. It was like, so we start with the room producer. The room producer is the guy in the audio bay that if I'm not directing the VO, he'll be directing the VO. But it's always me. But sometimes there's there's promo producers who, who would rather stick needles in their eyes than direct a voiceover session. It just They just for whatever reason that just like they would rather stick needles in their eyes. All right. Can't explain it. It's not who I am. It happens. All right. So then the room producer will direct the VO. So they will listen to the hundred and they'll maybe pick 50. Okay. Then from there, those 50 will go to a guy like me, you know, the senior, I was a senior, uh, senior producer, you know, my campaign. And then I'll pick 10, maybe eight. And I'll, what I'll do is I will, oh, this is a good point I'm about to tell you. So what I'll do is I'll take out my scratch VO and I'll drop in the audition VO and I will show the senior vice president 
eight versions of the same spot. This is what you need to know. It's a 30 second spot and you decide you're just gonna let this thing breathe and you're gonna read at this pace and suddenly your tempo is for a 40 second spot and I can't fit you in because you've decided to read the spot at this pace. <laughs> you're out. You just got annexed before you even had a chance to be heard by the senior vice president. You know, if we can't fit you into the pods, meaning the space of where I put my voice in as the temp VO, you're done. We're not going to recut the spot to accommodate you. So just be aware of tempo or of pace, I guess I should say. No tempo. And if it's a 30 and you and you and you see seven lines of dialogue in the script and you and you see that your VO is 26 seconds. So you're allowing four seconds for seven lines of dialogue. You're dead. OK, be conscious of that. OK, does that make sense to everybody? I think I, hopefully it does. Absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So, so then, all right, so then I'll, I'll play like the eight or so, uh, and then she'll just pick. And if she doesn't want to make the decision by herself, she'll go up the chain to the executive vice president, and she'll say, I like these three. And then he will pick the one if, if she doesn't. And uh, But usually it's a senior vice president. It's gotten to the point now now that I, I'm where I am in the voiceover community where I just know who I want. I said, you know, I'll just go and say, I don't need – I don't need a hundred auditions. Give me these 12 people. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, and then they're kind of cool about that. So it's, I mean, I got no skin in the game. I don't get any, there's no quid pro quo or anything. If you're good, you're helping our network. It's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I'll just pick the eight and cut them in. And there you go. You know, what was really cool is I did a show called March. And what it was was about, an HBCU marching band in college. Now, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. In our country, it's like Grambling and, in this case, Prairie View A&M, which is a school outside, I think, Houston. And we did a reality show on their marching band. It was great. And we had a bunch of people read for it. And one of my guys is this guy named Zeke Alton, who uh, is defending you all well in the writer skills strike and, and the voiceover community. you got to love that guy. And uh, it turns out he went to Prairie View A&M. And so I put together these auditions and I gave her five of them. I said, I got to tell you, guy number four, I don't give him names because, you know, I try to keep it as neutral as possible. I said, the fourth one actually went to Prairie View A&M. And the senior vice president thought that was so cool that she hired him. So you, you just never know what's going to get you hired. It's, that's just a fun little story. So, um but yeah, so so the answer to your question is yes. I will get, get it, whittle it down to five to ten, and I'll cut it into the spot, and I'll send it off, and then the higher ups will make the final decision. But I, I'm doubling back to something you said so that everyone is clear. I'm taking out my highlighter and highlighting it. One hundred auditions. Right? It could be as many as that. It just what? depends. No, no, that's that. To some people, that's many. To some, to some, that's few. Like they, we've heard commercial casting directors say that they hear eight hundred auditions, two thousand like, auditions. Yeah, yeah. commercial so, different. But, national campaign. They're probably hearing voices in Chicago and New York and L.A. and in Austin, right. Texas. There's but a here, huge like, pool. You know, you, no, you I, mentioned I, those five agencies or so, and if it's you know if it's twenty from each of those agencies, boom, there it is. We would never allow one agent to send twenty. That would just piss us off. That's just too much to listen to. I think I don't. I think a hundred is a little bit of an exaggeration. I think okay. those days are gone. I think there was a time when it was that many, but eh, maybe maybe a hundred. I guess, but I, I guess maybe a hundred. It's just weird because you're listening to a hundred. How do you how do you discern what's good and what's not? I mean, you can you can immediately tell what's not good, 
you know, it's, you know, the whole thing is taster's choice. That's an important expression. It means you've done a great audition, you know, and uh, it just comes down to things that are out of your control. Oh, I want a man. Oh, I want a woman. Oh, I want someone who sounds 20 years old. Oh, I want someone who sounds 60 years old. Oh, I want someone who's got a really bassy voice. No, I like a high timber voice. That's all out of your control, you know? So the, all you can do is just be true to your brand and submit a, an audition that is awesome to your brand. And if you don't get it, chances are it's just because of a taster's choice reason. Okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I want everyone to remember that taster's choice because, it, <laughs> you know, and, and it's true. Like you say, there's things that are that are out of your control. I mean, we've the the analogy we've used before sometimes and it gets used often is the you, you're turning the knob on, on the radio. For those of you who turned knobs on radio back in the day, but you know what I'm doing. You're scanning through channels or whatever on a, on a live radio. Right. You don't know what you're looking for, but you know it when you hear it. Correct. Good, so. Good. Yeah. That, um, I mean, it, it's amazing to to get these other side of the glass insights because as as voice talent, we're just like often just firing stuff into the void and like, well, was it good? Was it not good? So, it's it's great to have someone like you, Harry, to to come on and and give us that peek behind the the glass. Um, what do you think some of the common mistakes voice actors are making that keeps them from making the short? You talked about a few, but. Maybe some other mistakes that people are making that keeps them from getting on the short list. Uh, I would say the biggest one is the bland generic read. That is a death sentence. I, I cannot stress that enough. The bland generic read where you don't want to take a chance. You just want to be safe. If you ever have a coach that tells you to be safe in promo, please fire that coach immediately because that's such bad advice. You know, you don't ever, you know, safe is boring. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do something like like out of an SNL sketch or something. But at the same time. You should be able to create an attitude. And remember, this is all, these are all notes of nuance, okay? You know, it's not like, oh, either I do it like this and I'm bland, or I do it like this and I really stand out. No, it's, you know, nuance, nuanced <laughs> attitude, okay? Just, you know, just if you just find yourself making safe, boring choices, that's one thing. Two, if you gloss over your adjectives, that's, that's a really bad trait to get into because, we write adjectives for a reason. You need to perform them for the same reason. Like I, I had a promo script where I was talking about something that was grim. And I said, it was about Grimm's fairy tales. And I wrote the line tales too grim for words. And I can't tell you how many people went tales too grim for words. No oh, tales too grim for words. You know, it's more like that, you know, take advantage of your adjectives, act them out, you know, you act out their meaning, you know, you know, it's, why would you say tales too grim for word tales too grim you know you know it's just stuff like that you know if, 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 if you have a line of copy that's like when seven amazing british all-stars you know and you go when seven amazing british all-stars you're never gonna book you got three uh -huh. adjectives seven amazing <laughs> british all-stars something like that okay you know like amazing in that particular example is what we call hyperbolic word. And you want to hit that full throttle, high throttle, you know, because it sounds ridiculous to go the other way, you know? Amazing. Here's a little thing. Punctuation tells you so much about what to do. Now, I think it's also a common mistake when you get a, a promo script that you're ignoring. Well, here's the biggest crime that voiceover artists commit in uh, auditions. They don't bother to read the dialogue. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they'll start they'll start reading it like a grocery list, you know, like filled with gingerbread houses, red riding hoods, and a big bad wolf. What are you gonna eat at the store today? 
I'm going to get eggs, bacon, milk, gingerbread houses, big bad wolf. You know what I mean? It starts sounding like a grocery <laughs> list instead of like a, a performed promo audition because you're just trying to get to the finish line and you just think. And it, here's the example. Do you remember in high school? You were in homeroom, and there was that guy that read the morning announcements, okay? <laughs> and he had, like, the sheet of paper, and it sounded like this for the microphone, and he would go, uh, tickets for the Valentine's Day dance are for sale this Friday in the cafeteria. Get them before it sells out. You know, and you're hearing that, and you're just going, oh, fuck, can I go back to bed, please? If your audition sound like the dude who read the morning announcements in high school, you have done something terribly, terribly wrong. <sighs> Okay, so Fair. just read the dialogue, understand what's going on in the promo, figure out the attitude, and be true to your brand. There it is. Covering a lot of bases that. there. Folks, if you joined us partway through this evening's show, this is the VoiceOver Roundtable here on Clubhouse every Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, talking about all things VoiceOver with a special focus on community, bringing you roundtable discussion, special events, and industry-leading guests. And tonight, our special guest is promo producer, director, and coach, Harry Dunn. And we're having a good time while we're, we're at a it. Time. I think we got a, a whack ton of questions in the we, chat, but is anybody going to come up and speak? This They're always of, like at the gym and doing laundry know, and right? stuff. So I'm going to ask John's question. He's got a can't, couple. Ooh, can't prioritize us. They have to multitask. Oh, John, Jen Greenfield's on stage. Look out. John, I'm going to ask John's question first in the chat yeah, before yeah, we it. ask Jen. Um, how much does it help making relationships with trailer houses and such and getting on scratch tracks? Oh, that's that's incredibly important. That's that's how you. That's what you, you have to do it. I mean, you just have yep. to do it. You know, uh, I, I just think it's very important, and uh, it's much easier to to get in with trailer houses. I think it is than, than promos because promos is. I don't know. It's just fast. You got to get it done in twelve minutes, and it's got to go out that night. And trailers, you know, you, you have more time with it. You know, so yeah, it's it's, it's just if you can, if you can get in with any of those trailer houses or you know. Let them hear your voice. You know, they may not hire you at the end of the day, but at least they know your name. And that's that's a starting point, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Jen, I feel like I haven't spoken to you in forever. How are you? It's been hours and hours. Hours, now, at right? least. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, I'm doing well. Hey, I just wanted to circle back, Harry, if you don't mind, just revisiting my question in the chat. Uh, just for clarification. So... Um, I've done a little bit of promo coaching, but obviously Emma's voice and my voice are very different. And the type of what? promo, we, I know, shocking, <laughs> so similar. So, um, um, so when I asked about um, like kid programming, so when and the approach, is there a different type of demo? Am I working with a different type of producer? If I'm trying to exclusively, I say exclusively, I'm not trying to limit myself, but I'm not going to get the you know, she murdered her husband and now we're going to find out, you know, how that's not going to be the read. I'm going to, you know, the promo I, type of promo I would get. So do you try for, again, more like children's programming? And does that approach sound different? Do you do a different would, demo? In terms of your demo, I would make it maybe two of the six spots. Uh, just make sure they're different, like have the teenage Nickelodeon and the kids animation Disney plus. And then, you know, with your voice being what it is, you could do, let's say, 
uh, an Olympic spot for women's yeah. swimming, okay. okay, which is really bright and, and you're at it. And then maybe FX. do a promo for mom on CBS, the comedy or two broke girls, something like that. And then, that's perfect. you know, if you want to try to do something heavy, like I put euphoria on Emma's just cause I thought she had enough weight in her voice to, to do a spot like that. But you know, there's just, you know, there's, other emotional things you could do, or if you have a good rock and roll voice, you could do a promo for Daisy Jones and the six on Amazon prime, or, you know, you don't need to do six Nickelodeon spots. No, yeah, that's so perfect. No, you've given me, you've absolutely Yay. like, and yeah, and just one, yeah. And one explanation. So just have both, but blend it in and give the range. Yeah. Done. Thank you. So Jen doesn't need to niche down as much as she wants. That's right. Well, you're drawing to an inside straight, as they say in poker, by doing that. And that's not, you know, it's not going to open up a world. And, you know, it's going to be very hard to get a huge agent if all you're doing is one genre of of TV. Yep, got it. Nope. Thank you you so much. You nailed it. That's what I needed to know. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. There's another question from John. It was earlier. Um, how and where do you see streaming taking effect more so than already? In terms of promo? Yes. How do I see streaming? Well, I, I don't know. Listen, I don't think it matters. I, I mean, every hour of every day, there's a show on TV that has a promo for it, whether it's a rerun or a, a Canadian acquisition, which is going to be very prevalent with the strike, but there's always something to promote on, on broadcast TV and on cable TV. There always is. There's always something that's there. So, I mean, it's not like, well, we're going to block out two to six in the evening because streaming is really popular. No, it's not. They're going to have something. So <coughs> streaming is, I think it's apples and oranges is the answer to your question. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so let's questions. talk about demos. Yes. <gasps> Ooh. Do do do. Because I feel like we're going in that direction anyway, and it's a really important part of this. Because as we we're you were saying earlier, if you don't, if if you're first, if you have a crap demo, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you can't reproduce the demo, so what's your process for working with people to do a well, promo demo? Okay. I, I hate to keep saying the same word over and over again. I apologize, but it's such an important word. You have to be on brand with your demo, okay? And uh, it's not like, uh, like let's just take Jen, who uh, has an you know has kind of an, a young animated uh, high energy voice. At least I mean, it's just based on our quick conversation. It sounded like you have. So how do you write a demo? For that particular brand oh yeah so you do do a nickelodeon spot you do do a disney channel plus and you do a cbs comedy because there, there's a propensity for that kind of high energy read to work in that what you don't want to do <coughs> what you got to be careful about if you're if you're a woman and you've got a, a promo producer i'm sorry a demo producer who doesn't understand brand is they're gonna go all right we're gonna give you three hgtv spots and three uh, lifetime spots and away we go it's like what no, no, yeah. you know, you just, you just, you know, you know, Jen, your demo would be, we talked about, you know, a fun sports spot. I think, you know, like, like, like swimming or tennis or something that's kind of up and bright kind of a read. And then you'd want to do a CBS comedy. And then, 
do I want to go down into a place like Euphoria? No, I don't think that's right for you. You, you want to, if you want to do an emotional drama, I, I would say there's got to be something more playful than that. Maybe something like a million little things would be a l- little more on track. Although I think that show is in its final season. And then, you know, maybe there's uh, an HGTV. You can do like one HGTV spot. That's fine. You know, it's not a bad idea. And, and with your voice, Jen, that would actually probably work. Uh, you just don't want to do six, you know, <laughs> and I don't ever, do a lifetime show for a woman. I just, I just, I have a mother and a sister and a daughter and I'm not about to, and a wife and I'm not about to have to look them in the eye. I go, I made a woman do a lifetime spot. I'm so ashamed. So I don't, I don't believe in that nonsense. So, (laughs) so anyways, being on brand, that's the most important part of demo. And if they don't know your brand and you make a demo, that's on you. Okay. That's your fault. You know, you pick somebody that didn't understand who you were and that's, you, you can't ask for whoever to give you your money back. If they don't know your brand, they're just going to give you something generic, you know, like sort of let's do a cover the basis demo, but agencies aren't looking for a cover the basis demo. They want to be able to listen to your voice print and go, okay, I know where, where I could use her. I know where I could use him, you know? Oh yeah. I could give him uh, all that, the, the procedural stuff over at ABC. Oh yeah. I could send him those auditions. Oh yeah. He'd be great in motocross and sports and, you know, MMA fighting. That'd be great. You know, it's just, you got, you want to give them like, the, you want the agent to go, okay, I, I get it. I know what to do with this person. So, but if you get stuck with a bland generic demo, they're just going to go, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to use you. I've had this one agent in New York tell me, I, I don't know how to use him. You know, right. And uh, it's not, and those are of course demos I didn't produce, but it's like, or they, but there is one rejection that is acceptable and you should feel proud of yourself. And that is, we have other people that, that have your uh, brand and it's like, well, yeah, there's always going to be other people. And it's nice to know that the agent isn't just adding to a particular brand. You know, they're, they're being loyal to their customers. But if they say they have someone who sound <coughs> enough people who sound like you, that means you're doing something right. That means that big agency has people who sound like you. So congratulations. You know, you've, you've, you've figured out your brand and you've, it's just, that's just the wrong agency for you. Yep. So, exactly. so just, you know, and, and I, I just do think there's charlatans out there, not as many as there used to be, um, that I don't think have your best interest at heart. They're just looking to, to ring the register and just, you know, everybody's got a shit detector. And if your shit detector starts buzzing, in a meeting with a demo producer, just don't trust your instincts on that because mm-hmm. this is a lot of money and you just don't want to end up with something that you don't enjoy. If they're not with you all the way, they're not like including you in on everything. Like when we did Emma's demo, first thing I did is I sent her an email saying, I want to do these shows, these six shows, these six promos, excuse me. <clears throat> this is what I'm looking for in your voice. Before I even went to script, she had to approve that. Which she did because she trusts me foolishly, I might add. And then, um, <laughs> then I wrote the scripts, gave them to Emma. She had to approve the scripts before I gave them to my audio engineer. So then <clears throat> she did, and I gave him my audio engineer, and he built all the audio, and he used his own voice as scratched. <clears throat> and he can't. He has zero talent in voice or everything. It's just a monotone, which is great because when you go in the session, you don't want to hear a an audio engineer acting out your demo. You just want a flat read. You know, it's a placeholder. It's perfect. Okay. So then, so when Emma came in on source connect that day, it took an hour and we dropped her in and she heard her demo basically that minute. 
you yeah, know, yeah. And it was it had to be refined and polished and put together. But before that session left, we figured out a batting order for the demo because we just dropped her in right then and there. That's how a real promo session works in the business. It's all built. We take out my voice. We put in your voice, you know, in a, in a real session. Okay. And, and the, my demos are exactly like the real world. So the idea of, of reading you wild and then building audio tracks around that makes zero sense to me. Like so much of what drives a good read is music and reading to the music. Yeah. You know, so, it does uh, so that's what I have to tell you about demos, you know, just, well, we have a question continuing about that. How do you stand out if you actually do have a quote unquote traditional promo voice? Traditional vo promo voice is a, is a brand. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, just make sure your demo uh, speaks to that. If you have a traditional promo voice where you can do this voice right here, and maybe you can go down here and do this voice, and maybe you can even go lower and do this voice, and maybe you can do something irreverent. You know, <clears throat> I would, I've been talking to people in their 20s about their demos. I said, do you want to do a demo for who you are now or where you want to be in three to five years? You know, mm. because when you're really young, your voice changes, you know, you know, once you're in your thirties or forties, it's pretty much going to stay that way until later in life. Uh, you know, Wayne Gretzky always talked about, he's not passing the puck to where the guy is. He's going to pass the puck to where the guy's going to be in three strides. Right. Okay. And sometimes I think a demo should be like that. It should be designed for where you're going to be in three strides if you're really young in that metaphor. So like understanding your brand, understanding where you're going, you know, just be particular, you know, and don't work with people that are like saying, no, we're going to do it my way. It's like, wait a minute, who's paying the bills here? You know, yeah. just, just, just stand up for yourself. You know? Yeah. I, talent have a say. That's what I think they give away their power too often. Well, then yeah, that's our terrible. Demo. It's your, uh, our voice. Like it's, that's, yeah. you know, well, now that's just a shame because, uh, you know, you know, we're, I'm just very inclusive and I, I don't want to make a mistake in your demo. The worst thing if, for me, the absolute worst thing is if you didn't say something and you said, sure, I approve it. And then it's gnawing at you and you just wish, fuck, if I had just fixed that one <laughs> tag where I can think I heard a mouth click, it's driving me nuts. I would just, <sighs> Please, just in the session, say, I don't know, something about this is bugging me. I'm not going to go, oh, no, you're wrong. I'm going to go, great, let's redo it. You, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I, there's, that's such a bad feeling when you have a demo and, and something's just, mm -hmm. and you're just so mad at yourself for not speaking up. It's, yep. you know, so I try to help you speak up. <laughs> on, on commercial demos, me and Emma drive Romanowski nuts with those things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you drive them up Good. the wall. I so drove very nuts too. It's great. Yeah, don't give away your power, folks. This is this is your you're building one of you the most important tools you have in uh, the most important arrow you have have in your quiver. <laughs> it's Ooh. your demo, yeah, right? So right. like lean in, like make it be you. If it's commercial, should be brands that you know and love and stuff like that. And if it's you know if it's promo, it should be shows that that are a fit for your style. Yeah, genres. Think of it in terms of genres. Genres. Yep. You know, what shows fit that genre, you know? Yeah. So. Ashley is asking, how do you find your brand? Good question. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, how do you find your brand? Yeah, if you don't know where to start, if this is a new concept for you of, of I have to, oh, I am a brand? What is that? How do I do well, that? Well, I mean, how do you find your brand? I mean, boy, I don't know. Emma, how'd you find yours? It comes just from 
doing auditions and figuring out who you are and how you talk and in all yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And what I book in and what my it's voice resonates timber. with yeah. and, um, and what I resonate with as well. It's like, you know, there's particular things that I won't voice for that, you know, and I'm lucky that I'm at that, a place now in my career that I can say no. But even before that, I, there were still particular things that I was like, mm, yeah, no, not, not my jam. Yeah. Don't want to work in that. So a lot of it, it is, you know, like just hearing again, I'm going to go back to you, Jen, just hearing her voice. It's like, you, you can, you can kind of, and I mean, I've, I've heard her say two sentences, three sentences, and I kind of can recognize her brand. You know, it's kind of what the good Lord, I think voiceover is 90% what the good Lord gave you and 10% what you can be taught, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, so just, it's unfortunately it's that 10% where people go astray in their auditions. Cause uh, you know, I think the day though of the people so in love with their voice, they're thinking they can just, just, just oh, read yeah. the morning announcements and book are long gone. There's just yeah. too much competition out there, you know. Absolutely. In those days, those guys they just thought there was Bob Bitchin and they had the deep voice. They could just, you know, they could just read an obituary and and book a job. You know, no, <laughs> those days are gone. <laughs> so. With that, how important is versatility? That is, John Warsham is asking that question. Uh, versatility, I gotta, gotta hate, I gotta say it again. Versatility within your brand is a must. Being a jack of all trades, master of none is a bad demo. I'm going to do six genres that are completely unrelated. They don't, they don't speak at all to what my brand is. You know, you have to be versatile, but within your brand, how does your brand do a procedural drama? How does your brand do a wry comedy? You know, like those fxx comedies what we do in the shadows that kind of stuff okay how does your brand do sports how does your brand do reality you know how does your brand do heavy drama emotional drama you know how does your brand you know do a cnn documentary series you know you know stanley tucci eating in italy that kind of thing you know yep just it's that's the answer so yeah you got to be versatile but don't just make sure you understand who you are Demos are just too you. damn expensive to just say, oh, I trust you, whatever you want to do. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. No, it's it's really valid. Like, I mean, a bajillion years ago, I did a demo with someone who I thought, you know, we got along in the knew each other kind of thing. Um, and it was it was a bad, bad, so bad. Um, you know, it's like my voice has not really changed much since I was three. It's always been like at 20, I couldn't audition for 20 year old spots because it's just, I don't have that voice. Um, and they were writing spots with like Maybelline bubblegum lip gloss. And <laughs> seeing if I could get up here to, to, to do it. I was like, but why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I talk about the sultry read versus the macho read for women and you know on that macho audition it's just that was that was god did we cover the hell out of that on that saturday yeah we did you know another thing we didn't try that was really good is i had people read to music every so often and just god the first read and the last read were just i complete polar opposites and all because we just ran a music cue you know so it's it's really true and that's something that um I mean, I coach with Harry, so that's one of the things. And we don't, we're not, we, we do not sell from the stage. But I'm just saying one of the things that we do, if I get stuck in something that I'm not quite getting what's happening, he's like, okay, look up this song on YouTube. Listen to it. Now do it. 
like, oh my God, <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. So if you're reading, a, if you got an audition, and it's like, I had an audition the other day that they actually sent the music that they thought would be in the background. It was like, look, this. here's the link for a song oh, on YouTube. It was golden. brilliant. I was golden. like, this is fantastic. For any genre, that's great. Yeah, that's for a gift. any genre, getting the music to know where you're going with it. And yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Mm. That's very true. You know, I say Spotify and noise canceling headsets are uh, voice of artists' best friends. Yeah. So, Love fair, it. Fair, fair. Do, uh, do talent have to read to music at all, ever, frequently? Never? No. Uh, I mean, in a books, in a, when they're yeah. hired? Always. Yeah. yeah. Always. That's something to know. That's yeah, something I mean, to know. Remember, you got when you're booked onto a job, it's a finished spot. All we're doing is taking out my voice and putting in yours. That's all we're doing. Yep. Right? You know, uh, sometimes I, I'm, I'm past the point of having people read the track, you know, because then it's like three beeps and they're like, they're more concerned about how fast they say it than how they perform it. I say, fuck that. I put music in the bullpen, like, meaning I, I just take the music and string it out for three minutes. And I said, just give me three takes of the script. Okay. And then if it doesn't fit, we'll do it again. I'll say, do it a little faster. I hate this whole beep, beep, beep. Ah, I got to get this to time. No, <laughs> I, that. I just have them read it wild and chances are it'll fit. And if it doesn't, you have to do it again. Oh, woe is me. You know, a little faster. Oh, oh whoa. I, woe is me. I am the one out of so many that booked the promo job and I'm going to complain about no. uh -huh. Seriously. Yeah. Beep, Nobody beep, complains beep. about it. They're so fucking happy to have the job. Except for the guys that are booking 20 promos a day. I don't, and then there's like, they're, God, I, had, I had one guy, I actually did a demo for a guy who makes two and a half million dollars a year in promo. And, and most of it is work he got himself. It's just like the most unbelievable guy. He just, he, it's just, he just, it's unbelievable how much this guy works. And one day I was in a lesson, he goes, hey, we got to get this lesson over. I got all these auditions to read. He showed me a stack of what looked to be like 60 pages. It's like, and it was like eight thirty at night Eastern when we did this lesson. So like, all right, we can go now. So anyway, all right, I got sidetracked there. All right, That's okay. We had Mike was coming up on stage and I don't know where he went. So I don't either. I hit the wrong button, which is absolutely a possibility. You know, slip of the thumb. Not quite sure. So we'll I'm see. looking at these names. I don't see anybody from our Toronto session. Oh, man. Invited they, just, Mike. they forgot about me already. No, they haven't. Don't be silly. There's a people. There's actually quite a few people here that wanted to come. That did it, The schedule didn't work. The timing did not work that day. Dave is one of them. All right. Uh -huh. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. I was kind of thinking maybe just do it always in Vegas, and but try to do it on, on weekends when there's cool shit to do in town, like a like an MMA, like a UFC fight or Formula Ooh. One or whatever. And then, you know, we're out the door at five or four o'clock or whatever. And then you got the whole evening to do, you know, or some cool concert, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder if, if that would be more of a dest. Instead of me, I could go to towns, keep going to towns or God, maybe people would want to come to Vegas and make a fucking Vegas weekend out of it and do the promo session. I don't know. What sounds better? If you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, you know, people have to travel to Vegas, but I mean, do you guys like the idea of going to Vegas for like a long weekend and working in a promo thing and then doing all that cool shit that comes with being in Vegas? We're getting Terry Briscoe saying Vegas, baby. <laughs> I think you'd probably get a few takers. Yeah. I think you'd get a few takers. <laughs> There's a few in the, the chat right now. Sue, hell yes, John. I'm all for Vegas. I think there's a possibility. I don't have to or, or exchange currency like I did in Toronto. I could charge much less. 
you know, I could charge like I think I charge four forty nine US for Toronto because of all the expense that went into it. If I just did it here where I live, I could drop it down like two ninety nine or something. I mean, that would it, that would be a lot different. But but every time I have to get on a plane and rent a hotel, I have to jack up the price because I got to co- cover my costs and all that. Yeah. I just, mm. I just do it in Vegas. Bring them to you. Them to Vegas. Hey, I, many people, uh, a bachelor party gets them to Vegas. So, like, you know. Harry is in Vegas, yes. He moved to uh, the Summerlin, Las Vegas. It's called Summerlin. It's a little city. But, yeah. All right. So, just out of curiosity, would you um, – oh, hi, Sonia. I remember. Um, would people come to Vegas or would you want it to – like, I might do uh, – someone wants me to come to Kansas City. Someone wants me to come to Chicago. I, I mean, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I, I don't know who would come to the Kansas City one, uh, Bo. I'm, you know, like you know, Matt Weevil doesn't do promo anymore. Carrie Olson's got kids. I don't know if she could get away for the day. Uh, uh, Andy's. Not, I'm not sure Andy wants to spend the money on it. Um, so you know, but people have to come in from Texas, Oklahoma, to make it work. I don't know. It's it's tough, but uh, maybe. I don't know. She got free babysitting in Vegas. Exactly. So, I may I may try it and see what happens, and just that might be more might be more fun. But I got to figure out a good weekend. I don't want you guys to spend all that money come to Vegas and there not be some kick ass show like uh, like Adele. Like, well, that's a thousand dollars to go to. That show is an impossible ticket to get. It, first of all, she's Lord. playing in a three thousand seat auditorium. Let's just start with that, okay? Wow. Which, by the way, when they come to Vegas, like I saw Elton John here while you guys were seeing him at Dodger Stadium, I saw him at Caesar's Coliseum, three thousand seat auditorium, same wow. show. You know, so that's the great thing about Vegas. Just saw John Kruger Mellencamp and another three thousand seat auditorium. You know, it's you know, but like two months ago, Taylor Swift came and played where the Raiders play. I mean, I could have done the the, the the seminar that afternoon, and you guys all could have been to the show by eight o'clock, and because the because the, uh, the studio is not that far from Allegiant Stadium. I mean, it's, I'm just thinking maybe do it that way, where there's an event in town, and maybe it'd be kind of fun. Just to, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I'm curious what people think. So, but I love doing those seminars because they're just they're so productive. <laughs> oh, you're right, John. It does make the hotel rates well? Yeah, I guess so. But John's like, stop selling and just do it. <laughs> all right i will do that all right that's what i'll probably end up doing so i'm not coming like, to kansas city, looking at all the concert to, schedules coming up and yep. <laughs> i kind of want to go to kansas city just so i can go to arrowhead stadium and see a chiefs game that kind of seems like fun to me and since they're always on monday night football or sunday night football i mean I, i'll be able to see that with no problem so uh all right getting off that all right so what's next well we've covered what not to do in promo. We've covered demos. We've covered why you're a coach. We've covered all sorts of things. So we could see if there's any more questions from the audience, and we could also let you off into the world. All right. Dave, we'll Dave's asking, do you, do you do Zoom classes? Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, that's my main profession, one-on-one. Here's my email, everybody. Let me just, this is how you get a hold of me. If you want to do lessons or talk about a demo, just write this address down, please. I'm typing it poorly as always. All right, there we go. All right, that's the one. That's how you get a hold of me. Uh, can you discuss the play-by-play of an actual promo session? Yes, it takes 12 minutes. If it starts getting to 15, 20 minutes, you're getting into trouble. But uh, it's like it's like you connect on Source Connect. It's like hello, hello, hello. You know, it's like hey, is it working? Hey, uh, they want to make sure that you don't have any. Um, oh, 
what's it called? Compression. You know, make sure you never want to have compression. Compression is your enemy. It's not your friend. Just remember that. Compression blows. We never use it, okay? I never use it on a demo. I'd rather stick needles in my eyes and have compression on a demo. All right. And then, so once all that's been done, we got your levels, then you got, you've been emailed the script by the room producer, and I'll give you some direction on it, and then go, all right, well, listen, we're just going to read to the music. Here's the music. Give me three takes of this. And then, you know, and I'll go, great. All right, let's. I liked uh, the first paragraph from take two and the last paragraph from take three, and the title and tag from take one. And then the guy will just Franken edit that together. And if it fits, uh, we'll go to the 20 from the 30, and chances are it's the same copy. We can just copy and paste it in, and then we'll go to the 10. And then you have to redo the tag because it's a little faster than the 20 and the 30 tag. And then, you know, and it's 540 bucks or something for the body of the spot and $93 for every tag or something, no, 240 for the body of the spot and $93 for the tag. So let's say you do a 30, 20, 10, you know, that's, you know, 720. And then let's say there's three tags each. That's another 600 bucks. So for about 15 minutes work, you're making about $1,500, you know, so it's a great way to make a living. Boom. So, and the whole thing takes like 15 minutes at the most, sometimes less, hopefully less. But Jeff I think wants to know about the golden handcuffs, which is <laughs> to do with exactly that. I have no idea what that means. I've never. Well, people that. always say the golden handcuffs of promo is that once you're the voice of something, then you are locked to your booth because it's all on demand. Oh yeah, if you're successful, yeah, you're not going on vacation. So if you do, bring your rig, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, because you don't want to, because if you're not there, they'll go, all right, we'll hire somebody else and they'll like somebody else. And then you'll moving right along $40,000 a year, you know, because you took a vacation. It's just, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, there's just a, you just got to bring your rig with you wherever you go. Yeah. And you can just go into a, a hotel bathroom and put up some moving blankets or whatever. I don't know how it is. You guys know better than I, and just kind of do your auditions there. Hell, I know a guy took his kids to Disney world and he had to like leave in the middle of Disney World, to go back to the hotel, do an audition, send it back to Atlas, and then return to his family. You know, but that's just ah, oh, the life, the life. It is the life, but it's not always like I was with. I was talking to a, a, a girl today who's getting married in Mexico, and she just told them a year in advance that she's taking two weeks off to go get married and go on her honeymoon. And Atlas yep. said, "Okay, thank you for giving us the heads up." And if you give them like a year's notice like that, you're not going to get in any trouble. But when it's like, eh, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go out of the country this weekend. And they're like, what? you know, so. Yeah, no, no. You know, but these are called quality problems to have in life. Absolutely. Yeah. To, yeah. to go back to what you were saying at the beginning, of that last segment, uh, Harry, like the going through the, the motions of a session, you said 12 to 15 minutes. And if it goes over that, you're in trouble. I think the, the key there is not only have you, have you learned to perform and do the reads and do the reads well and deliver your brand and everything like that, but it's to, to offer that efficiency to the team that's working on this promo. Right. It's to well, just know, know what you need to deliver and just boom, boom, boom. It's not like 15 minutes exactly. What, what I was trying to get at in a more general sense is when your reads are like a problem and you're getting note after note after note and then you're giving back the same read even though you're getting a different note it, it now it's be 20 becomes 30 minutes and it's like they got other sessions that are behind you and it's holding up everything it's just you know it, it gets to be problematic so just you know if you got the job you know what you're doing obviously and just you know just be amenable to notes and be fast that's all you know yeah that's no it time for chit chat well, there's always time for chit chat. Trust me, there's always time for chit chat. Just you know, when they, just you know, once once we get going, just 
just do your job. Yeah. You know? we're, we're going back to a, a demo-related question from the chat from John again. Mm -hmm. uh, can you discuss the shelf life of a promo demo, which seems to be less than something like commercial? Does that matter, shelf life of a demo, promo yeah, demo? Yeah, it matters because shows get canceled. Products don't get canceled. Mm -hmm. mm. You can do a Verizon spot from... 2004 2014 chances are it'll still live today unless i guess if you're talking about the iphone 5 maybe not but you know right. but but you know, whatever you know what i mean it's you know it's just but you know shows come and go it's like i one of the things i pay most closest attention to when i write a demo is all right is this show been canceled is this its last season if it's the season for if this is the last season i won't do it i mean it's not going to help you you know yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was one comment on mine. It was like the Real Housewives was canceled. It was like, no, it's actually this is its first season back. They're like, oh, <laughs> was, one of the agents that I sent the demo to. They're like, yeah, it's dated because of the Real Housewives. It was like, it's their season. They've just come back. It's their well, first season. Well, they went was to Peacock. Like, oh. is what they did, and I think Oops. didn't we give you a Peacock tag on that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's God. There you go. <laughs> it just went to Peacock, and you were the first one to promote it, and now they're telling you that it's outdated. Well, that's yeah, just. I had to put there's it no out winning. To them. There's no winning. There's it is. There's this is summarizes this hour and a half in the nutshell right here. There's no winning. <laughs> there's winning occasionally, just for crazy. What's a hey Casey Clack? What is a tri booth? What does that mean? Ooh. A tri booth is a travel booth that was designed. Was it George Whittem? Yeah, that George it? and one of his partners. Uh, I can look it up and. Tell and it's you basically about. three moving blankets and then PVC pipes that all break down. Um, that you can build for. It's like a triangle. That's why it's a tri booth, and it has a um, clamp for your uh, your iPad and for your mic, and it it's pretty good for for traveling. So when you fly WestJet and they lose your bag permanently, then you're screwed? Is that the, <laughs> the deal? Well, you know, there's that. My, Casey, you can come on. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Oh, it's, hey. it's Rick Wasserman and George the Tech with him. That yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. You can go to, like, tribooth.com. They're really cool. Uh, it all fits into, like, a, a checkable size suitcase. Not, uh, I don't think it's a, it's not a carry on. I think you have to check it, but it's it's really well thought out. Yeah, you have to. Check I don't it. have one, and I don't work for them, but <laughs> but it is really really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad. I, I mean, I'm the only coach in the business that does not own a microphone nor has Pro Tools or Audacity or Twisted Wave or any of that. I just have this laptop and I just run my mouth like this. That's it. <laughs> so I don't know any of this technical stuff. Although I did do a um, George Whittem and. God, what was the guy's name? I did one of his talk shows, VO Auto Shop or VO Bono with Dan Leonard. Dan Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dan Leonard. I did Dan and George. I met George, and I and I did this one thing with those guys. They were pretty funny. That was a fun day, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know that that certainly the uh, the VO Buzz Weekly was probably the greatest thing that happened in my career. God bless Chuck and Stacy. They launched. They really launched me because no one knew who the hell I was, and then I did that one episode of VO Buzz and suddenly my email was bing, 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 bing. there. That little VO Buzz Weekly is a gift from God, man. I'll tell you that. Is yeah, it still around? Are they still doing it VO is. Buzz Weekly? Yep, they are. Okay. Boy, that was, uh, I got nothing but love for those two, man. So, all yeah, right. What else? Cool. What's the next question here? I'm always <laughs> out in the boonies. Oh, that's not a question. That's a statement. <laughs> That's a statement. All right. That so, anyway, so getting back to John about the shelf life of a, of a demo, just, just, you know, if you're going to hire somebody to do your promo demo, just, just be conscious of 
when do you think the show's going to end? If it's on its ninth season, you might want to, you know, it's weird because shows on their eighth or ninth season versus shows that are on their first season, the, you know, sometimes if a show's on its first season, they get canceled because the ratings are so terrible. Just, you know, maybe a second season show that's popular, just, you know, and certainly the streaming stuff doesn't get canceled nearly as fast at all, you know? Hmm. So. Harry, is it common for somebody to to update a single spot? Like, let's say, say a show gets canceled, but the rest of the demo is pretty fresh. Yeah, that's been done. I've done that before. Update. I just one. charge one sixth of my. Uh, I put six promos on a promo demo, and if they want to redo one, I'll just charge like I don't know twenty six. You know, it's like four hundred bucks to or no, like five hundred bucks or something. That whatever, four hundred fifty bucks to to do the pickup spot. And, you know, that's not so bad. I don't want to make you. You know, I love doing these. I don't want to make people go broke doing them. So, but if, I'll, it, I'll if it fixes what's broken, it fixes what's broken, and that's yeah. wor worthwhile. Yeah. yeah, that's good. But demos are fun. I mean, they're really fun. It's like, especially when, God, when they hear it back for the first time and they didn't, like, you know, here's my favorite demo moment. It was a guy, the late great Brad Venable, who unfortunately is no longer with us on planet Earth, but uh, he's one of the people who died from COVID, and. Uh, he and I wrote for him a spot for This Is Us, and he's a guy that's kind of a goofy guy, and you know, he, you know, he he goes to the yeah. Silvis Awards in a T-shirt with writing on it. He was just that kind of funny, goofy. He was great, goofy guy. And so we're doing. And if you ever want to hear his demo, it's on, I still have it up. It's on my website under Network Promo Demos. Mm -hmm. And his wife, oh God, what's his wife's name? Come on, Harry, come on. You, you, you've been with her a million times. I'm, oh. What? Oh, come on. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on this. Uh, anyway, so she's sitting there. Annie. And he, we just recorded Annie the This Venable. Is Us. Yes. And we just recorded the This Is Us promo. Okay. And we played it back. And then Brad starts to cry. And I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? What have I done? Mm -hmm. And I turn to his wife, and, and she's just on her phone. like, going, oh, yeah. he always does that. Whatever. And I go, Brad, why are you crying? And he goes, and he literally said, like, like I, I, I always knew I could do a spot like this and, and, and just to be able to hear it and knowing that I could do it. And he just cried. And it was like this beautiful emotional moment that you could, you know, every now and then you had this magical moment you have in a demo that just, you like go, God, I'm so glad I'm, I'm so glad he hired me to do this. So, so I could share in that moment with the guy, you know, it was just a he just was this really sweet guy. And that was just such a genuine Brad Venable moment. Yeah. You know? So Anyway, that's what you get in a demo is maybe you won't. Katie, thank you. Thank you, yeah, Jen. Thank, thank you. You. Um, you know, it's just it, when those moments come up, it's great. So anyway, uh, what else? I, I don't know. I'm getting long in the uh, I'm getting long winded here. All right, let's <laughs> let's let's kill it. I think we've accomplished that last. Yes. Question. I'm getting I'm boring myself right now. So. Oh my God. No, oh, no, you're not boring anyone. <laughs> we we can wrap up, Barry. It's all it's all good. Anyway, I listen. Thank you all for doing this. I mean, you know, I appreciate it. I'm glad I could be a part of this. And you too. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice to. Uh, be good enough for your round table. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very glad that it worked out and that we were able to get you on the show because your schedule was a bit kooky there for a while. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so uh, uh -huh. uh, real quick to Max Goldberg, uh, uh, either ponchos or um, who songs are really good. And then there's, uh, 
and then there's that one that's in Tivoli Village. Oh God, what's that one? Whatever, I'm so fucking tired right now. I, I, I don't know. There's like two of them. And there's a lot of them that suck. So Mexican restaurants he's asking about. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you so it. Much. Again, Harriet Dunn promo. If you have any questions, you feel free to, to email me. I will respond <laughs> in due time. Awesome. Emma, what do we got going on next week? Uh, next week, we're going to talk marketing and business with the one, the only Mr. Paul Schmidt. He is an awesome guy. He's super smart. He's so passionate about fair rates and, and educating people about how to run your business. Because at the end yeah. of the day, this is a business. It's yeah. not just something fun that we do. It's fun, but it's a business. Yeah. So please, please, please do come and join us. Great energy from that guy, Paul Schmidt. We'll have oh, yeah. next week. Next week, join us Tuesday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific here on Clubhouse for the voiceover roundtable. We'll hear you then. Hear you then. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Be safe. We'll hear you next Tuesday. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you so Thanks, much, Harry. Harry. My pleasure. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>